picked the movie this week. It was my pick. And we didn't go to the theaters. We actually got to stay at home, mm-hmm. which just worked magically this weekend with our date night. And I'm going to have Cass take away the date night because this is probably the most nerdy, <laughs> ridiculous, stupid date night to some of you. But to us, this was a major, major event that happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so for our date night, we built bookshelves. Hell yeah, we built bookshelves, baby. <laughs> Let's go. And we could not be more excited. We were like little kids getting... Like, being able to put all of our books up on the bookshelf. Kyle has his shelf, and I have my shelf. And we get to, I got to, like, organize them how I want them. Now we get to walk out every day and see all of our books. And it's just, it's so exciting. It was quite the experience because all day at work, I was like, oh, my God, I get to go home to my bookshelves. I get to go home to my bookshelves. And then when I came home, I was like, oh, my God, they're the bookshelves. They're the bookshelves. We had to wait until Saturday to obviously put them together because it was going to take us some time. (laughs) And Cass ended up doing the first one all by herself. Yes. I woke up. I was watching a movie. And Cass was like, I'm going to tackle the bookshelves. And I was like, well, okay, I'll help you. And she literally told me no. She's like, I want to do this one alone so I know how to do it. And you can help me with the second one and it can just be faster. So let me do this on my own. (laughs) And I was like, all right, whatever. So she built the entire first bookshelf. On her own. Yes. Uh, she struggled a little bit. There was some swearing. There was some cussing. There was a little bit of help from me, mainly because we didn't realize that we could use a screwdriver, um, a wrench, a drill. drill. Jesus Christ. See, <laughs> I didn't even, even know, know what we were doing. I wasn't even paying attention when you were making it. I didn't even know the tools. I just remember you like pressing down with your hand, and I was like, that looks like it sucks. Yeah. And I was just laying laying on the couch, hand down my pants, and I'm like, damn, you're struggling, man. Yeah. But I'm having a great I was, time. I was using a screwdriver to drive in these screws that were just... They wouldn't go in. They were Mm -hmm. just, like, the hole was smaller than the screw, which I get, it's the point of, like, it's going to be sturdy in there, I guess. But I, it took me probably an hour to screw That was the hardest part for you, hands down. What, 12 screws? Yeah. They would not go in. And then the second one, I used a drill. The first time when I contemplated using a drill, but I was afraid that it would, like, splinter the wood. And I seconded that. I was like, yeah, don't, it's not like real wood. You know what I mean? So <laughs> right. I was like, I was concerned that it would just fracture it completely and then we're down a whole bookshelf. Right. So, but I, I, I risked it, risked it on the second one. Which was my bookshelf. Of course, she was willing to risk it for mine, <laughs> you know. And it made it go so much faster. I think oh, the yeah. second one took about a, a quarter of the time. We did probably, I would say about 25 minutes. We didn't even get through a full episode of American Nightmare. We watched all three episodes of American Nightmare while we... Put the bookshelves together. Cass doesn't even remember it. I don't even know what America... Oh, yes. Yes, yeah, I do the, the, Yeah, the Netflix documentary. If you don't know, you should definitely watch it. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's a Netflix documentary. You can check it out there. But we watched all three episodes of uh, of that during... I couldn't, I couldn't book, tell you a single thing. thing that happened during that. Really? Except for that the woman went missing. Yeah. She gone girl herself is what they tell you. They... Oh, they blamed it on the husband. Yeah, they blamed it on the husband. The woman came back. The woman came back. Yep, yep, yep. And See, then, you got pieces of it. And then they ended up, they blamed the both of them, said it was like some big hoax. Yeah, let's not give anything away. Oh. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the, that's the synopsis. Yeah, you know that the police said she gone-girled herself and that the boyfriend was in on it. Yes. To get some, like, publicity. Yes. But we'll stop there in case you guys want to have <laughs> yourselves a little thrift today. I was going to tell night. you the ending. I know, yeah. <laughs> but, no, this is a big deal for us because we've been traveling, obviously, for, like, almost two years now. Yeah. And we have a fuck ton of books Mm -hmm. we have so many books it's a good problem to have too many books but not being able to have them with you kind of sucks 
And so when we got here, that was like the first thing we wanted to do. We just haven't been able to pull the trigger on actually getting the shelves. And we finally were like, fuck it, let's just do it. Right. And it's funny because Sunday morning when we woke up, Cass ran out here and hugged the bookshelves and went, good morning, bookshelves. And then started making pancakes. And I was like, yeah, that's why we got these right here. Because we just, we're such nerds. And we even bought, Cass even bought a chair. It's a rocking chair. It's like a comfy little rocking chair like you'd see on a patio. And she has that right next to her little bookshelves. And she's got a little reading corner now. And she just sits there and reads her little Akatar books all day. And it is just like, this is what this is the one we've been waiting for is to have this little tiny nook. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like our apartment finally feels complete. Yeah. But it was easily one of the best date, night, date nights we've had in a while <laughs> because it was just like so exciting to just put the books up. Yeah. I got to stamp all my books for the first time. Yeah, so I bought have we talked about this no, stamp on here? No. I don't think so. Um a few Christmases ago or I don't even know if it was Christmas or birthday. I got Kyle like a, a stamp press that you could, you could stamp into the pages of the book. Property of the library of, what does it say? The property of the library of Cockleford. Yeah, and so we, I I stamped all of his books. Yeah, <laughs> I had she had finished. She's so quick. She finished her so fast because she's doing her organization of the books by genre. Mm-hmm. Hers was like pretty easy. I put mine in release order alphabetically. Yeah. So it was. A little harder. So I, doing that and then trying to stamp them and then also putting them on the shelf, I was like, just turning in circles a lot. And I was like, I'm getting dizzy, brother. <laughs> so uh, Cass, I was like, you want to stamp these? Which also, by the way, she loves doing stuff like that. So I knew by offering it to her, she would have a blast. It's not like I was like, you're going to do it. <laughs> she was giddy when she got to stamp it. But it was just exciting to have that. We got our little decorations on there. You've got your rose uh, candle holders. I've got my talk to me hand that was given to me by your brother. Uh, and she loves looking at that every morning when she comes out here. My favorite thing to do right now is walk up to it, grab it and say, talk to me. But then when I realize she's not looking, I say, hey, babe, hey, babe, hey, babe, look at me. Watch this. <laughs> and then she's like, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was a pretty simple date night, but it was yeah. a perfect date night for us. Yeah. We just love like we are such physical book people. Mm. Like, could you imagine how much easier it would have been? To just travel with a Kindle. We have iPads. Like, we could have done that. But both of us, we just, like, if I were to read a book on my iPad or a Kindle, I would still have to also buy the physical copy. Because I just envision, we both have this vision one day of our house, when we get a house, of just having a library room. Like, floor to ceiling, walls of books, with comfy seats for everyone. I mean, that's the dream right there. Where we can just... Go in and read our books, and so... I also just love the physical feel of holding a book, the smell, turning the pages, watching the progression as you make your way through the book. When you put yeah. your bookmark in in the beginning, and you're like, wow, I have so much to go. And then, it's so stupid, but it's such a satisfying feeling to slide the bookmark in and realize you're like, I only have 40 pages left. And, and you just... the It shows the journey you went on with these characters, and I mean, it's just such a great feeling to be able to see that progress. Mm-hmm. That's why I can't imagine myself ever reading on a Kindle, but I always have the thought this would be a lot easier if I had a Kindle. Right. For me, the reason I want a Kindle is because with my job, I could just like bring it in and read during a surgery. Mm. 
And I feel like it's less noticeable than bringing in like a big book. But the reason I love having a big book, one of the reasons is because I love when I'm like reading my book in the break room and someone's like, oh, that's a thick book. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it is. And I'm going to finish it in a week. <laughs> that's awesome. She is an insanely fast reader. She's not kidding about that. She'll, she's knocked out two books this month. Yep. And I mean, like, it's not like she just, you just started reading them like two weeks ago. You know what I mean? Like, you'd probably finish the series if you'd started at the beginning of the year. Yeah. But, I mean, that was our day night. Do you remember us doing anything else at all besides watching this movie and putting the bookshelves together? I think that was it. That was our day night. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't yeah. do, we had a very low key weekend. Yes. But we watched Elemental. So let's talk about why I picked it and what that movie even is. Meet the residents of Element City. Air usually has their head in the clouds. Oh, my new jacket. Earth can be a little seedy. <laughs> Nothing weird going on here. Uh, just a little pruning. Water is always getting into something. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Help! And fire? As ordered, we run a little hot. Those of you who don't know, Elemental came out in 2023, which was just last year, and it is a Pixar movie. It's the latest Pixar. I feel like the advertisement for this was absolutely crazy. It was everywhere. I do remember seeing it a lot when we were going to the movie theater. Yeah, the trailers were, but it was before everything. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I was a little burnt out when I first watched it, but I actually went alone to see it. I just, I forgot you weren't even with me the first time I saw mm -hmm. it. I went to a Pixar movie alone. Yes. I don't remember anything about the theater. I was probably the only one there because I used to go on like Tuesdays, you know. But uh, I was just really surprised because when I came out of the theater, I ended up enjoying the movie. I thought it was fine. A lot of people disagreed with me. Uh, there were a lot of reviews when it first came out that were like, this is the worst Pixar movie in ages. And I was like, what movie did you watch? Because I don't necessarily think it's top tier Pixar, but I do think it's better than most, better than some yeah. at the very least. And the reason I picked this is because you had mentioned, oh my god, I haven't seen this movie. And you are really up to date on your Pixar, Disney movies. You love them. <laughs> yes. And so I was like, I enjoyed it. Why not watch it? Plus, star of the show uh, by Love, I think his name is, or yes. Steal the Show by Love is in this. And it's fucking fantastic. I love that song. I was blasting it all weekend, much to Cass's chagrin. <laughs> but that's why I picked it, because she hasn't seen it. I have. It was fine. And I kind of wanted you to watch it just because I like the story that's being told. Yeah. So that's why I picked it. Uh, let's go ahead and just dive into our thoughts on the movie now. Yo, 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 Ember. Yo, Claude, can't talk. In a hurry. And don't let my dad catch you out here again. What? Come on. He doesn't like my limbs, he thinks. Ugh. Anyway, June Bloom is coming, and you just got to be my date. Because check it out. I'm all grown up. And I smell good. Oh, my queen. The first thing that I have to get out of the way, and then we can talk about more fun stuff, is that this movie is an immigration movie. It's about moving to a foreign country, being accepted there. Uh, I mean, at the very beginning of the movie, they have to change their names because they can't yeah. understand what they're saying. So, I mean, it's such a wonderful take on an immigration story. But what I think sells it for me is the fact that it shows casual racism and inadvertent racism at a kid level. And, like, obviously the, the overt racism where no fire people are allowed inside the garden because it'll 
kill all the plants in the garden. And so they literally say no fire people allowed, turn them away. But the best moment for me was at the dinner table when Wade's family says, oh, you speak so eloquently. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even catch that the first time I saw it. But it's just like, I think this is a great movie for children to see how racism can both be overt and mm-hmm. casual and just inadvertent. They didn't know they were being racist. And I was kind of wondering how you thought when we were watching this, that like, not only were you picking up on that, because for some reason I didn't the first time I watched this. Uh-huh. And the second time I watched it with you, I think I was so excited to watch it with you that I was like, oh, I'm picking up on these things a little you more. You didn't pick up on like the thing, the things about like immigration? No, I got that. I'm saying that I missed the little racist parts where oh, they're like, yeah. oh, you speak so well. Yeah. And uh, oh, elements don't mix. For some reason, it just was like, oh, yeah, well, fire and water, they can't be together. Right. But, you know, very superficial. But digging a little deep, not even that much deeper, it's right there in your face. And uh-huh. I just completely missed it the first time I watched it. Yeah. Um, I have to say, it wasn't until a few years ago when, like, I started, like, hearing people say, like, oh, well, my American name is this. And it's mm. like, how fucking terrible of a society are we that people have to change their names when they come here because we can't bother to learn how to say their actual name. For real. You know what? I actually worked with a guy. He was from Italy. Uh-huh. So not even a country... That's language is that much different than our own. It's pretty much the same language as Spanish. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Italian and Spanish are very similar. And his name was Pietro. But when he got here, he had to change it to Peter. Because mm-hmm. Pietro is too hard to say. Brother, it's a syllable. What are you even saying? That's a syllable. It just didn't make sense to me. And it is wild to think that even... it's This movie just dumbs it down for you. It makes it so like... You're going and watching a kid's movie. Right. And then it slaps you in the face with that. And you're like, damn, we really do do that, huh? And so when they get there and they try to say their names in their native tongue, they're like, we're just going to call you Bernie and whatever her name was. I can't remember Cinder. her name. Cinder. Bernie and Cinder. Which, damn. Like, we do that. We really do do that here. And it's like, this is such a nice way of showing, low stakes way of showing this to like a child. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah, I just wanted to get that out of the way fast because it's the most obvious part of this movie. Um, but now I want to talk about some fun stuff. Yeah. What the fuck was up with all the hanky panky talk? I know. What? <laughs> There's so much I didn't catch. Hanky panky. Yeah. He, the, when, long story short, the couple, Wade and Ember, they're fire and water. They end up together. They're leaving the country. They're going to go on their own little adventure, right? Her father, Bernie, is like, well, don't worry about us. We'll have so much more time to do the hanky panky. <laughs> what? They didn't even try to hide it. They were like, yo, we're fucking. You know all the little kids are look up at their mom and dad at that and say, oh, what's hanky panky? Right? Like they probably, if they even got it, they were probably like hanky panky is like some sort of like You're hand like, oh, clapping fine. game. You know? It's, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> they had no idea. But that was just, it caught me so off guard. I was like, right. Disney? It's not, it's not new to Pixar. It's not new to Disney. But to have it just so blatantly said, I'm just going right. to go. Fuck. It's how about, wild. How about the scene where they're flying past a window? Yes. And the trees are pruning, pruning each, other, each other. But it has very sexual innuendos. They're like two tree people giggling. Like, you know, like just like they're doing something they shouldn't be doing. And when Wade and Ember fly by in this little contraption she's somehow managed to build... They both stop and stare at Ember and Wade and they're like, nothing going on here, just a little pruning. (laughs) And Wade and Ember just turn and stare at each other. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, (laughs) it's not even something that goes, this isn't like a one-liner that's thrown out and kids are like, I didn't get that, but all the adults do. Uh 
everybody is getting that. Like, right. it's not hidden at all. And I was shocked to see that in a Disney movie. Right. Shocked. And I have always loved, like, watching Disney movies when I'm older and realizing, like, the little sexual innuendos that they put in there for the parents. They're doing not so great of a job hiding them anymore. Yeah, they're and not I don't trying. know if I... Th- Here's the thing. I don't know if I think that because I now am an adult mm. and I get them. Mm. Because maybe if I was a child watching this, it would still be like, it, it doesn't make any sense at all. You don't you don't pick up on it. Right. So it's right. like hard to say, like, are they getting less subtle with splashing in these sexual innuendos? Or do I just notice them now because I'm an adult? That is a great question. We need to get Knox on the case. Yes. When Knox is old enough to talk, we need him to watch this movie and tell us. I'm going to be like, hey, bud, what were they doing when they were pruning? And if he doesn't get it, then, I mean, the answer's right there. You know what I mean? But it does feel like it's so much more noticeable now. I love how you just brought up Knox. Like, everyone listening knows who Knox is. Knox is the homie. Knox is one of our friend's sons. Yes. I probably should have prefaced that. <laughs> He's two, so he can't, like articulate what pruning could potentially be. So or hanky-panky. When he's, or hanky-panky. <laughs> so when he's older, I'm hoping when he's older he'll get the hanky-panky and I'll be like, okay, that one is that one's just crazy. <laughs> but the pruning one is the one I'm most curious about. <laughs> so kind of building off of that, there was so much sexual tension between Wade and Ember. And I was like, just touch each other already. You're killing me here. I need you guys to touch before I fucking explode. It was killing me. They're so opposite, obviously, but they're so cute together that I was just like, I want you to just have that moment and just kiss. Like, just be a couple, please. I'm begging you. And obviously, there are obstacles in the way, such as her parents not liking him because he's made of water and they're made of fire. And also the fact that she just feels obliged to take over the store from her father. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't really want to have a relationship at all. Just I just like that was a good way of building up that tension. It, it was my favorite will they won't they kind of things in a long time. Yeah. And you have to admit you were on the fence about it because at the end what happens? Wade almost dies. Yeah, and you bought it. You bought into it just like I did the first time I watched it. What did I say? I was like, they are not doing this. Yeah, no, you said I did not watch this movie for them to do this. They are not doing this right now. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and I was like staring at the screen, like just keep, just don't look at her. Don't look at her. You'll give it away. Just don't look at her. Because in the end, there's a flood and they barricade themselves in a room and, well, she evaporates Wade. You know, so yeah, so Wade evaporates. And, you know, the first thing that came to my mind was, Wade's just going to come back as a cloud person. That's not what happened. It's not what happened at all. (laughs) I do think that was a little dumb when they were like, oh, he just, condensation, just make him laugh and he'll cry himself out of the wall. He turned into steam and then they made him cry and somehow that made enough water leak out of the ceiling. Yeah. That he came back. So then how do water people even die in this universe? If they completely evaporate into nothingness, why are they concerned about fire people if they can just pull themselves back together right? like that? Right? I was like, this just unravels the entire movie. My opinion, Wade should have died. No. Would have made this movie ten times better if Wade just doesn't come out of that room with her. No. Yes, because it would have, like, I don't know, been more emotional and I wouldn't have, like, left so happy and I would have liked that a little bit. This is a Pixar movie. I know, I know, I know, I know. Pixar movies and Disney movies have happy endings and they always will. Yeah. That's why I like them. That you cannot take that away or I will not watch them. But I have to ask. (laughs) Okay. 
if Wade died, is it really that big of a loss? Yeah. Yes. Homie is way too precious of a character for me. He's too precious. He He's too not precious. Die. He's too precious to work. If anyone, if anyone was going to die in that movie, Ember's father. Well, I mean... Not Wade. That's because he's sick and dying. Exactly. Makes sense. But I think... I think it makes it, it an emotional story, but you don't have to kill precious little Wade. I think what it was for me is I was like, if Wade died, it would have been sad, but I wouldn't have been like devastated because I find him very annoying. No. I do find him very annoying. He cries at everything. Some everything. people he, are sensitive. He's too sensitive. Bro, she mentioned one thing about her father. She says, my father built this from the ground up. And he wept so hard he flooded their basement. <laughs> like what? Dude, you're like it just it's too much. And the entire like twenty minutes were introduced to him, uh, when Ember first meets him to when they actually like start hanging out. It's just him apologizing and crying and whining and being sad and running away and he like it's too corner. much. He turns the corner though. He is very whiny, sad at first. How does he turn the corner? But then he comes around and How? he's more goofy. I don't think he is. I think he becomes more like I think he's a, ro- a hopeless romantic, and I I don't I don't even like that either. I just think that I think and Ember, listen, I got a bone to pick with everybody because Ember's too angry too. They're so one dimensional. She she's a, he's a fucking crybaby whiner, and she's just an explosive hothead. Like she literally explodes. Her head blows up multiple times, and so like. They're so bland, but, but together, I think they work together, and that's why I like their relationship. But you didn't, you didn't find them so obnoxiously okay. one-dimensional. Think about the character characteristics of fire. Think about the characteristics of water. Ember literally embodies fire, hot-headed, angry, rage, fire. Then you have Wade, water. He's fluid. He's sensitive. <laughs> Tears are made out of water. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so, I mean, I think... I just wanted more personality from them. They both only had one personality. She was like, I'm mad. And he's like, I'm sad. And they're like, we should date. No. <laughs> no. Yes, because I liked it. But also, no. They're just so boring to watch. But I feel like they brought out more emotions in each other. I agree with that. Yeah. Like, Ember definitely softened. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe a little bit. (laughs) I think that he was able to help her reconcile with her anger and, like, turn it into a constructive outlet, as in, like, hey, have a conversation with your dad. I don't think he had any development at all. He's just like some manic pixie dream boy and he shows up and he's like, I'm going to save the day and make you feel so much better about yourself while also being the nice guy. He's the guy that is like, where's my hug before the girl leaves? Because he's just like too nice and too precious. And I was like, these characters are so one dimensional. And I know that it, it does work on that level because it makes me care about them when they're together. But I also am just like, I... I, I just didn't like them as individuals. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No. You like them as individuals. Like, you could watch a movie with just Ember as the main character without Wade. I I like Wade more than I like Ember. But would you watch a movie based on just Wade, no Ember? Yes. Would you watch a movie based on Ember, no Wade? No. 
Okay, so you like Wade. Okay, I see what's going on here. I see, I can see behind the curtain. I get it. I get it. So moving on. Um, one thing that did catch you off guard, which I was waiting for to happen, because it happened to me at the theater, and I was waiting for it to happen to you, and it did. Uh, this movie's an hour and like 42 minutes long. Yeah. The hour minute mark. Oh, I yeah. checked the timer to show you that we still had 40 minutes left. And you literally said, how is there 40 minutes left? Yeah. That is a great way to describe this movie. Because it's entertaining, it gets the job done, but it's also like, how is there so much time left? Right. I feel like, honestly, like, so much happens in the first 40 minutes. Because they're trying to, you have the immigration story. You have them trying to seal up the leaks. Yeah, because the leaks are what's causing the water damage to the fireplace. The fireplace is where Ember works. They have to shut that place down if there's water in it. It's just like it's a whole right. it's a whole setup. So they're trying to fix the leaks and then they're trying to find the source of where the leaks are coming and then they're trying to get the town official lady to rip up the tickets that would shut down the fireplace and then there's also that budding romance on the side. There's just a lot of storylines happening at yes. once where I think they should have simplified it and just made it mostly be about like the immigration racism stuff. Yeah. I agree 100% with everything you just said. That first hour is so chaotic that everything is just like bang, 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 bang. That by the time you get to that hour mark, it feels like you've watched a 90-minute movie because they have created and solved two or three problems. Right. All that is left, essentially, is the love story. And then they forget all about the water leakage until, obviously, the last 20 minutes right. when it blows up and it floods Firetown, essentially. Mm-hmm. But it just... That last 40 minutes is my favorite part of the movie. Because we get to focus solely on their relationship. But clearly they were not comfortable or confident enough in this movie just being a romance film. Because they add, that, that first hour is so much. Right. That when it just comes down to the love story, you're like, how is there only a single storyline happening right now? Yeah, exactly. So I think it's funny that you said they didn't want to focus on just the romance part of it because you think this movie should be more of a romance movie. And I thought this movie should be more about the immigration racial aspect, which is funny because normally... It'd be the other way around. It would be the sure. other way around. I found the... And I, I loved the immigration story and and the just talking about racism in the way it did. I just don't think combining that in the first hour... And then forgetting all about it in the last 40 minutes right. works for me. Because they're like, look at all of this stuff that's going on. No one likes the fire people. They're like segregated into their own part of the neighborhood. Oh, by the way, this is just now a romance movie. Yeah. And I feel like pick a lane or somehow mold those in. Because the only real sort of look at the intermingling of cultures in the second half is just them being them. They're like, I'm fire. You're water. Oh, yeah. We can't be together. And you're like, yeah, we got that. We got that. Are you going to do anything else with it? And then they just don't. That is all that's that's all that's there until the very end when they like go to leave and you see the parents hanging out. You know what I mean? Right. And you it's, see that people have started to kind of intermingle because exactly. these two people decided to intermingle. Exactly. At the very end, you see that Claude, who is the smoothest creature in that universe, uh, he's the man. He's hitting on, uh, is it a fire girl? He's got a type, obviously. Yeah. And then the cloud woman is hitting on the tree guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see, okay, well, they probably just didn't, you know, know it was acceptable in their right. universe or whatever. Right, they could. But that's the, that's the only time they touch on it in that last, like, 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it just felt like two different movies being shoved together into one. And that first hour is a full movie on its own. 
Mm-hmm. And that last 40 minutes could have been a full movie on its own, but they were like, we can't figure out which one to do, so let's just jam it together. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's what happened. I think they told the story they wanted to tell. I think they just kind of got lost in the beginning and lost in the end mm-hmm. and couldn't quite stick the landing. Yeah. But I am happy that... I. I am happy they ended up together. I thought it was cute. And if I had to pick, I'd rather watch the last 40 minutes over the first hour. Because that first hour feels so long. It does. Because they're doing so much and you're like, oh my God, this has to be over. Uh And then it's just not. (laughs) So the last thing I want to talk about was um, just the qualities of some of the, the... We only see really two of the races. And one of them is the water people, Wade's family. Their house is basically a pool. A pool. Like there's no carpet, there's no flooring, it's just water and all of their furniture is like inflatable furniture, uh-huh. which is fucking hilarious. But the fire is my favorite and I didn't know why. I couldn't quite fit, put like a finger on it until you just said it because while we record, we have the movie on the background um, just in case that we forgot anything and we can be like, okay, maybe it's this scene that I'm talking about. I can't remember. So we have it on the background and Cass was watching it while I was setting up and she goes, oh, I just got why when they explode, they eat wood. Or when like part of their fire goes out. Yeah. They they eat wood. Why do they eat the wood? Because what do you, how do you feed the fire? Exactly. You put in wood. How do you, you make the woods. fire grow? I was like, you put in there wood. it is. My brain could not connect the dots as to why I liked the parts where uh, if they get slightly wet. Their head will like does like just disappear, and they shove wood into their mouths, and then they burst back yeah. into life. And when she explodes and she gets all angry, she eats wood. They're feeding and the fire. I just duh, like obviously the most duh moment. <laughs> this movie is full of puns like that, but uh-huh. I just like I could not wrap my head around that until you said it. And I was like, there it is. Yeah, the wildest thing about the water for me is that it can like squeeze through like a one inch pipe, and then it pops out right. and it's taking its form again. Right or. It's funny when they're making Wade, the water guy, eat the hot coals. Yeah. The coal nuts. The coal nuts. Because just watching it, the reaction of being like, oh, what has happened when you make water hot? It boils. Yeah. It makes bubbles. So he was like burping up these massive bubbles. Because yeah. he's were... boiling from the inside out. It was such a classic moment when he's boiling and he burps. Oh, it's happening right now. There it is. <laughs> yes. So he eats this hot coal nut. But what's so funny is it's this classic moment where the bubble comes out, like the bird comes out, and then it pops and it screams. That's like holding in and scream, dude. It's such an old ass like mm-hmm. trope from these movies, and I loved that. Also, I loved that. do you notice like when he comes out of the pipe for the first time, he's like this big muscle man. Oh yeah, he looks like Dwayne and, Johnson. And then he's like, oh, the pipe <laughs> got me all messed up or something like that, and he changes his shape back into this like kind of blobby man. Yeah. And it's like, if, if you could change your shape to yeah. be a muscle man, why do you present yourself I, in this way? I had the same thought. I was like, why are all the water people not absolutely shredded? Because he comes out and he is swole. He's got muscles. He's like bouncing them and he goes, huh, I'm all bent out of shape. Shakes himself, shrinks like four inches, gains a bunch of weight in his gut and he's like, that's better. Bro, if you can just look like that, why do you not just look like that? Literally. Even what's so funny is that scene is she goes uh, when he is like flexing and he's like oh my god, uh, Ember looks at him and goes oh wow, and then he shakes and she's like oh wow, and I'm like <laughs> yeah that is fucking great. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love the little things like that. It was so cute that they yeah. never really lost the whole like these are elements we have to give them something like the fern 
um, or Mr. Fern, I think that's his name, when he gets uh, the tickets and Ember explodes in anger in his office and it just burns all of his hair off and he goes, I guess I don't need to go to the barber tonight. <laughs> and it's because he's just now a naked tree. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's hilarious. But there's one other one that is like so specific that you loved. So it's funny, the very beginning of the movie, it shows how like all each of the elements is transported and so like water comes in on like this submarine and they like spit out it just spits out like a flood of water and then all of a sudden all the water pull themselves apart yeah um but for the cloud people they come in on a, a blimp and then they let off the people that are on it the blimp deflates and then as the new people are boarding it slowly starts to inflate again yeah and that's how it like changes the level. It's like you you unload on this upper level, and then it deflates, and then it gets the onloading passengers on the yeah. lower level, and then it inflates back. It's just kind of it's like a quirky. It's thing. just exactly it's quirky, and it adds a little bit more like fun to the universe that you're in. You're yeah. like, okay, I get it. These are they just never really forgot that these were elements. You know right. what I mean? And I appreciated them adding these quick little things in here that like if you're not paying attention, you wouldn't notice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I also, I just remembered that there's yet another aspect of this movie that we haven't even touched upon yet. And that's that Ember's dream is to actually, like, make art out of glass. Yeah. Like, blown glass art. So that's yet another aspect of this movie. Right. That you find out in the, it's that, that's the part, uh, it's an hour and one minutes in. Yeah. So that's the part where you're like, okay, here's the divide in the movie. She, she now wants be to be a glass, a glass blower. Is she going to take over her dad's shop? Right. Which there adds another go. wrinkle to the movie and you're like, oh my God, we have another <laughs> thing going on. And I feel like that comes out of fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. Because the whole movie leading up to that, she is so proud of her dad. She wants to right. take over the store. She won't stop talking about how she can't let him down. She doesn't want to let him down. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere... She's like, look at what I can do with this piece of glass. This is what I really want to do. I don't want to take over my dad's right. shop. And it's like, she's like, that's, that's why I can't stop getting angry at the customers because I'm not angry at the customers. I'm angry because I don't want to run the shop, but it's all subconscious because I have to make my dad proud. And But I really want to blow glass. But the thing that got me too is like, she's so excited when he's like, I'm going to have you run the Red Dot sale. Right. Or I'm going to have you, I want to see, she actually brings it up. She says, I want to beat your delivery time. So mm-hmm. she takes all the deliveries, makes them as fast as she can to beat his record. And it's like, she is obsessed with this store. And then halfway through the movie, they're like, oh, by the way, she's been lying this whole time. But I feel like that's just sort of like a unearned twist. Right. They never made it appear that way at all. Mm-hmm. Like not even in the slightest. It feels like they just sort of had to throw that in there to add another element mm-hmm. to the movie. Right. Pun fully intended. Yeah, that's funny. Here's something for you. Oh. I don't want your thoughts on it before I move on. (laughs) This movie was nominated for Best Animated Feature Film for 2023. It was nominated last night as uh, a recipient for the Oscar Award for Best Animated Feature Film. Do you actually believe this is a top five animated film from last year? Like, I, did you watch it and you go, this was so good, I think it's a top five movie, top five movie? No, I think, I think it depends on the other movies that came out this year. Like, if it was a year of not very good movies, then sure. <laughs> I mean, it, I don't think, I don't think this deserved to be nominated in any way. I enjoyed yeah. it more than most people, honestly. But the fact that, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles got snubbed, even Super Mario got much oh, snubbed, yeah. which was kind of surprising. 
Um, it just didn't make sense, and I don't think this deserved to be one of the top five animated films of the year. Yeah. So I, I think it's insane that it's nominated. And this is coming from someone who actually liked this movie. Right. All right. Well, do you have anything else you want to add about the Oscar-nominated <laughs> film element? No. Elemental. No, but I'm very, very excited to read the reviews that I have. Oh, boy. Up. Okay. Let's get into it. Hey, Fern. How you doing? Living the dream. <laughs> you know those citations I just gave you from Firetown? I was about to send them to Mrs. Cumulus, then get sprayed for fungus rot. Wait! So my rating for this movie is probably... It's hard. I'm going to give it a 2.5. 2.5 elements? Yeah. Damn, that's a lot lower than I thought. Yeah, and I actually really, like, I, I mean, Disney is where, where my favorite. So Pixar follows behind Disney, mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. But I usually really like, like, these sort of animated movies. And this one just, it, as we talked about, it just tried to do too much. It got heavy, and it was just, like, very hard to, like... Pull itself out. Right. Yeah, I had a totally hard time agree. paying attention the entire time. I totally agree with you. Uh, I'm on the opposite of the spectrum. I'm giving this three and a half elements. Oh, wow. I, it is a tough movie to want to give a star rating to because I like it, but also I'm like, this right. is just not that good. Right. But it is something that I enjoyed. So I'm giving it three and a half, but I think you said it perfectly. It gets so heavy and has a hard time pulling itself out Plot of that. Heavy. And when it does get heavy and try to pull itself out, you're like, well, it's jarring because now we have one storyline we're trying to follow. Right. You've had me geared up for this crazy fast-paced movie and we're only an hour in and then you're slowing it all the way down mm-hmm. for the last 40. It's a bit jarring and it's it's a bit uh, confusing at that point because then you're like, well, what's going on, man? Mm-hmm. Why are we switching so fast? Yeah. Um, but that said, I do, I do actually enjoy this movie. And so three and a half is where I'm sticking. Yeah. Does it deserve an Oscar nomination? Absolutely flat out fucking not. That is crazy <laughs> to me. It is absurd. It is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But it does feature one of the best songs we got last year. Oh. And I fucking love it. <laughs> if it's not illegal, I'm going to clip it into the end of this so you guys can hear at least a little <laughs> bit of what illegal. I'm talking about. <laughs> I think it might be illegal. Uh, <laughs> uh, can I read my reviews now? Yes. <laughs> okay. So when I pick my reviews, I kind of like to pick one from... Each end of the spectrum. Okay? You do a good job of keeping it all over the place. Yes. So, the first review is from Josh. He gave it one and a half stars. One and a half? Holy shit, Josh. And he said, they put, in quotation, animated movie about systematic racism and familial expectations close quotation, and to chat GPT, and this was the result. Okay, 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 hold on, okay. I get where he's coming from because, again, it feels like it's all over the place, and if you've ever put a prompt into those chat GPTs, they Mm -hmm. can feel like that. And also the characters, like I said, they feel very boring and very one-dimensional. Yeah. But I also still love the love story that's going on. Right. So I can't agree with you, Josh. I just can't. (laughs) If you had said, like, two and a half, okay... Two, you're starting to make me a little angry. One and a half, you're breaking my heart, man. You're breaking my heart, Josh. Um, the next one is from a guy that you actually talk about all the time. Who is it? Cinema Joe. Oh, okay, yeah. Cinema Joe, which I'm sure you've probably already read this for me. I probably, I'm not going to lie to you, I probably haven't. I don't uh, I don't remember what he said. Um, he gave it three, three stars, okay. so right in between you and me. Okay. 
And he said, not as bad as Twitter or the box office would lead to believe, but still frustrating that it chooses to speed run a half-baked romance instead of unpacking the one thing I thought truly worked, the immigrant story. Not to say the movie should exist without romance, but almost every other aspect was far more interesting. Hell, even the city's apathy to an issue that endangers a whole community was something I was excited to see the movie unpack. But instead we get Wade being a goofy goober. Oh well, still prefer more of these original ideas over another Toy Story movie. Okay, I agree with him on the last half and Wade is just a goofy goober's way to put it. Wade <laughs> is too much to handle at times. You're like, this guy is insane. I can't, I just can't with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like we talked about, it's not that I disagree with the whole um, unpacking the racism and the uh, immigrant story. I just think that they gave up on it and then they're like, well, here's a romance. Mm-hmm. And the romance was the one thing that stretched, you know, an hour and 20 of this hour and 40 minute movie. Whereas the racism and the immigration story was just an hour. You know what I mean? So I feel like we got a more of a romance and a half-baked racism idea. Yes. Whereas I would have appreciated more of a full racism unpacking and a full romance story. Yeah, Why couldn't you have had both? All, okay? Why couldn't you have had both for an hour and 40 minutes? But a three is forgivable. I'll take it. Yes. And then the last review from Matt Neglia, he gave it four stars. Hell yeah, Matt. He said, Elemental is not only one of the better Pixar films in recent memory, but one of their best overall. This clever and emotional love story will warm your heart and make you cry. A moving tribute to immigrant parents with gorgeous animation. Thomas Newman's soothing score is magnificent. I actually do have to say the animation is great. We did not talk yes, about it. I the think animation it's is really the animation fun. is beautiful. Uh, the score. I'm a huge score guy. If you guys follow me on Letterboxd or on TikTok or on Instagram, and I'm reviewing a movie, score, score, score. It is the heart and the soul <laughs> of the movie. It's mm-hmm. so important. This has a great score. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, What's the sc- Don't you really love the score to? Who does all the horror movies thing that you talk about all the time? Is it the score to The Shining? The Shining, yeah. Wendy Carlos' score to The Shining is fantastic. It's my favorite score of all time. It's a master class in scoring if you want to, if mm-hmm. you want to just a real quick review of that. <laughs> um, there's that for you. I won't go any further in. The part where he talks about the heartwarming, it's going to make you cry, it's a moving love story to immigrant families. I am not from an immigrated family. Uh, ironically, neither of my parents were born here, um, but their families were from here. So we're not an immigrated, I'm not an immigrant family, but I thought they captured that really well. They put it in a way that someone who's not from an immigrant family could understand. Yeah. And I think that is such a difficult challenge. Mm-hmm. So I think that is was beautifully done. And I think they even go, I would even go so far as to say they do it better than a lot of movies because they don't even just stop at the, the, the fully integrated child, they go all the way back to her grandfather. Right. And they start doing uh, they start doing stuff on, they start talking about stuff with her father and his father mm-hmm. and like what their relationship was like and why he left his country and just the, um, the harmful feelings that came from that relationship and why he's probably suffocating her so much. Right. And I feel like it was such a good way to, ex- to explain why he feels the way he feels and why she feels the way she feels. Mm-hmm. So I 100, 100%, 100% agree with our boy Matt. Mm-hmm. What do you think the Letterbox community as a whole gives this movie? So you've done a really good job of picking a one and a half, a three, and a four. So it's all over the place. And in the Cinema Joe one, you mentioned that he says Twitter uh, hates this movie. Not as bad as you might think. 
Um, that's all I saw when I first reviewed this movie. It was just like, this movie's ass. It's so terrible. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, what movie did I watch? I'm going to go ahead and say, it probably has a, it's an Oscar nominated movie. I'm going to say 2.9 stars on, on Letterboxd. What do we have? You lowballed it. I lowballed it. I'm okay with that. What's I got? It's a 3.3. Okay. So yeah. it's, it's closer to my end. Okay. <laughs> See, exactly. The internet tells you to hate this movie and then you get on the internet and uh-huh. it's a decently rated movie. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a 3.3 is not bad. No. Look up, look up. Uh, the Super Mario Bros. movie and tell me what that has. Okay. Because I bet this has a higher rating than that. And that movie made a billion dollars. <laughs> What's it have? 3.3. <laughs> they have the same goddamn score? Wow. <laughs> score. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Which I just... Elemental is definitely better than Super Mario Bros. Not even close. Absolutely. I would say a full half star better. Yeah. If not more. I'm also not a huge fan of the Mario uh, <laughs> universe, so I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um... But that's actually a lost episode. We did a full episode on the Mario movie and just never released it. Do you remember that? Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember It was that. back when we were in Virginia. It was like the second or third episode we ever recorded. And it was so short that I was like, I'm just not we even going to bother putting this out. We had nothing to talk about. Because it was so in the middle. And so this is turning into Super Mario's episode for some <laughs> reason. But it was just so in the middle with us that we literally had nothing bad to say but nothing good to say. Yeah. So the episode was 31 minutes. And I was like... Most of this is us talking about the theater. So I'm just not even going to put this out. Yeah. So that's the lost episode, man. Which, missed that theater. That was the cutest little area. I loved it. I loved it. The AMC in Sherlington, uh, Virginia. Virginia. It has my heart. I think about that theater a lot. Anytime I walk into one of these theaters here, like we'll go to the flagship premiere. It's a nice theater. I enjoy the reclining seats. There's a huge amount of space between the seats. Love that. Uh, And then when I go to the Regal, it's not as nice. But I'm just like, man, I miss that little AMC because it had six screens and the theaters were tight and cozy and it was just, no one was ever there. So it was like I had the theaters myself. It was more the location for me. I loved walking down the little street. Yeah. I could go to the coffee shop after. It was a cute little downtown area. It was like a shopping district area. Yeah. And so that was just, just adorable. I miss that area. I miss that theater. You have my heart, Sherlington, if you ever listen to this. <laughs> I got to the point where, like, the... I don't remember the their names, but you. the people there knew my names, and they were like, all right, we've got your fucking candy and popcorn ready to go, dude. And I was like, yeah, this is getting bad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, but yikes. <laughs> so we're going to move into our last portion, which is me asking you questions. Yes. Oh, fire, fire! Ah, fire! Hey, hey! Oh, sorry! You're so hot. <laughs> Excuse me? No, I mean, like, you're smoking. No, I didn't mean it like that. Are you done yet? Yes, please. I'm waiting to talk to your boss. So make like a stream and flow somewhere else. Actually, Gail won't be in today. She's a huge airball fan and the Windbreakers are finally in the playoffs. First question I have for you. Which elemental group do you think you would fall into? Water. Water. I would fall into fire. Yes. <laughs> that makes sense. I'm heavily... I'm, I'm, I cry. I'm emotional. I also just freaking love the water and thinking about living in a house that's a pool and floating around on pool floaters all the time. I'm pretty sure your audible reaction when you saw their house was... Because <gasps> it was just a fucking pool. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pool with like a stepladder in. Yes. Like that's all it was. Yes. I would fit in with fire. Yes. I am I am Ember. You're my Wade. Yeah. I love you I'm more than I love Wade. Uber. Yeah. But you're not too precious. You can be you can be a little fiery. <laughs> yeah. You have rage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hot fiery rage, babe. Thanks, babe. 
right, the last question I have for you, because I didn't realize you haven't seen Zootopia. Uh, that was, I had two questions about that. Um, if you don't know, a lot of people said that Zootopia and Elemental tackle a lot of the same shit, and it's sort of the same movie in a lot of ways. Um, so there's that. We'll have to watch that. That's one of our episodes coming up then. Fuck it. So the last question I have for you is yes. a ranking question. Yeah. And I need you, I know you love these. I need you to rank the last four Pixar movies that you've seen from worst to best. Okay? We have Elemental, Turning Red, Luca, and Onward. Okay. From worst to best. Give them to me. Onward. Elemental. Luca. Turning Red. Damn! Really? Yes. I had the thought when we watched Turning Red that you didn't like it. I love Turning Red. I'm shocked by that. I had the feeling you didn't like it. I knew you loved Luca. Mm -hmm. And your feelings towards Onward, I didn't know, but I know we watched it. And uh, you not having feelings on something typically means you either don't care about it or you didn't like it. You either love something or you're like, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. So there's that. My order would probably go Onward as well. It's just, of these movies, just doesn't hit the same. Mm Mm-hmm. I would put Luca in third. It just doesn't do it for me the way it does for everybody else. This is It's a highly regarded movie. It's cute. It is good. It's just not for me. Uh, then I would put Elemental because uh, the immigration story is great. And number one, Turning Red. I fucking love that movie. I thought I was the only one in this relationship who liked that movie. <laughs> I really did. I had no idea that, that you liked it so much. But... It's a great movie. I'm glad we can agree on that. Maybe we'll cover that someday. (laughs) That's it from us this week. We'll come back next week with another episode. We're not sure what we're covering, but we'll let you know when we get there. Uh, You can follow me on Letterboxd at ThatBoyKyle777. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at MovieGuy underscore Kai. All of my links will be down below. And if you're old-fashioned and you'd like to email us, you can email us at kkdatenight at gmail.com. And with that, go watch a movie.